Hi, this is Millie, and you're listening to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you'll find the validation and love you've been looking for. Welcome to my new listeners, and thanks to my loyal friends. Please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word, and I will put all this in the show notes. Hi guys, I hope you're all doing well today. Today's topic is in conjunction with the post that I posted on Instagram because it got a lot of attention as far as talking, which is exactly why I post things. Um, I love it when I post something that just lands right with you guys, okay? Regardless of anything else, I want you guys to talk to each other. I want you guys to heal. Um, I'm also going to put my the Facebook. Uh, I got to think about that because the I can't change. I have a Facebook page as well, but I don't have a lot of people on there. But Facebook just lends itself to more back and forth. And um, my Facebook is private currently, so you need a personal invitation um, in order to get in there. But I I'm, look at the um, show notes to see if the Facebook link is in there. Anyway, <clears throat> I want to talk about the enabler, okay? Now, before I can talk about the enabler, I have to talk about the dysfunctional family dynamic or the narcissistic family dynamic, okay? For a narcissist to to work well in and well, I mean for the narcissist to be a narcissist, there needs to be a set of things that are working together for the narcissist to be successful at what they do. Okay, so what I mean by that, what do I mean by that? Okay, so if you have a car and the car has a problem with the alternator, right? I'm picking something random. I don't know much about cars. The car is not going to work properly. All right. So with a narcissistic family, it's the same thing. The narcissist cannot work alone. The narcissist works and they have an army of people, you can say. And that's how I've always said it. You know, it's an army of people that they themselves have created in order for them to be successful at abusing people and looking innocent, right? Because that's really what a narcissist does. So who is the enabler in all of this? The enabler is the person who is most of the time, the person who's closest to them, and it's usually a romantic partner, okay? So for intents and purposes here, if mom is the narcissist, dad is the enabler. If dad is the narcissist, mom is the enabler. I know that there were several people who said both parents were narcissists, but that is, um, it's possible. Nothing is impossible, right? It's just not 
likely. Only because think about two forces that are running towards each other at the same speed with the same strength. Trying to compete against each other. It's not going to work, right? Nothing happens when two forces hit e- when these two forces hit each other, they're standing still. Because you have the same force on each side and the same strength, it they're just standing still. It doesn't work well. Narcissists do not seek out other narcissists. Narcissists seek out people who are empathic, vulnerable, easy to manipulate, okay? So after many years of being together, the enabler starts to look like a narcissist. But most likely, they're still the enabler, okay? From the research I've done, narcissistic traits start to show up when a child is around early teens, 14, 15, 16 years old. If the other parent is an enabler, they probably didn't show any signs of narcissism when they were young, right? They started showing traits of narcissism after they were with the narcissist for many years, right? I am not making excuses for the enabler, okay, in any way. As a matter of fact, those of you that have been keeping up, my father, I've had to just open my eyes to that situation. My mother was the narcissist. She died. And it's been three months. It's been over three months. And I wrote him a letter. And I put some truths in that letter about her. Not about him. I didn't attack him. About her. And he still didn't contact. He hasn't contacted me. So... Toxicity. There's toxicity there, right? He's still in the belief that my mother is 100% right and I'm the bad guy. So, you know, I, I, I just had to finally say, okay, that's it. That's, that's how it is. I have now made the choice to put up the boundary myself. I have now blocked his phone number, his phone number from my phone. It's going to... I haven't mentioned this in a while, but I have an app called Umail. And in Umail, you can send phone calls to these really weird um, messages. <laughs> and one of them is the old 80s and 90s when you called the phone number and it wasn't in service. It's, you know, doo-doo-doo, this, this phone number is no longer in service. Please check your number and try again. That's where my dad's phone call is going to go now. I put up the boundary, okay? When I saw that he wasn't going to, I said, that's it. I'm done waiting. Because me putting that boundary for me was, I'm done waiting for you to call. Okay, so back to the the enabler thing. The enabler will mimic the narcissist. So a lot of you are confused, maybe, Um, I'm not saying it's impossible to have two narcissists together. It's just highly unlikely. Because a narcissist is never going to support the other narcissist. And that's what a narcissist needs. The narcissist needs someone that's going to do 
They're bidding for them. So they're going to dole out abuse, do whatever the narcissist says, um, back them up, give them supply, everything. So it's highly unlikely that you're going to have two narcissists together. Again, in the dynamic, which I didn't even finish talking about, all I said was narcissist and enabler. But in the di- the dynamic of a narcissistic family, toxic family dynamic, there's the, the narcissist, the enabler, the scapegoat, which is usually one of us. It's a child, right? And then if there's more than one child, there's going to be a golden child, And with the siblings, it's a situation where they can switch roles, right? The narcissist will choose, okay, today you're the golden child and you're going to be the scapegoat. But for a lot of you, either you're an only child, so you're the scapegoat, or you were the one who were, I I saw this in a couple of comments, the wall, right? You, You were the ones that stood up and protected the other siblings, So now you have the other siblings who are disordered a bit because you took the brunt of the abuse because you didn't want them to have it. And I commend you for what you did. I really do. Unfortunately, this is what happens with the narcissist, you know, the narcissistic dynamic. This is what happens. Um... All of us, if you're listening to this, you're the scapegoat. You wouldn't be if you, if you're listening to this, you're the scapegoat. You know, this is what my podcast and my Instagram's about. We, we're we adult children of narcissistic parents, right? So, and and I'm not even adding into the dynamic all of the other family members who are flying monkeys, and and I tell you that two narcissists don't don't mesh well, especially if they have to be spouses, because my mother and my aunt, my aunt is the queen of the narcissists. I I call her that all the time on here, and and when I'm talking about her, because she is she is so bad, so bad. Talking to her is it. It's infuriating. It's frustrating. It's, I just want to pull my hair out. I want to stick my finger in my eye and swish it around. If anybody gets that, good for you. <laughs> uh, you might remember that, but you might not know from where. It's, it's from friends. Um, the guy who was um, in charge of Central Perk when, when, Rachel started working there, which was not um, the guy who was there later on. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, So my mother and my aunt really don't, didn't get along. Okay, to be honest with you. They got along on the outside, but my mother always badmouthed my aunt. My aunt, I can imagine, badmouthed my mother. They don't get along. Narcissists don't get along with each other. Okay, because they're working... They know that that person is not going to be on their side, okay, most of the time in a in a romantic relationship. So um, 
most likely the the two people that you know your mother and your father when you think they're both narcissists you have to look really deep into it in order to see who's who again i'm not saying it's impossible for those of you that believe both are narcissists i'm just saying it's highly unlikely because it just doesn't work so you have to look for the person who truly has control. And that might not be easy to see because it looks like they both do, right? It does look that way to you. For me, in my situation, it was very clear who the narcissist was and who was the enabler because ever since I was a child, I could pick up on it. I used to say that, you know, oh, Whatever is done in this house is my mother's choice. My mother controls everything. I could see that as a child, never mind as an adult. It was very clear. My dad never spoke. My dad never went against my mother's wishes. And at many times, he just helped her to abuse me, right? So in your case, it may look like... Both parents are in control. One of them is controlling the other one's actions. Okay? Like I said, I'm not saying 100% of the time. I'm saying 90% of the time. You have to look closely at, at the dynamic. Now, just because I'm saying this doesn't mean that... Does it matter... Who is the narcissist and who is the enabler? The question you have to ask yourself and what I had to learn by myself in the hard way is, are they toxic to you? And if the answer is yes, you act accordingly to that. It does not matter. Who is the narcissist? Who is the enabler? I think it's something that you're just curious. You want the validation. I'm validating you in this moment right now. And the validation is this. If the person is toxic, you are allowed to put yourself first. You are allowed to take toxic people out of your life so that you have peace of mind so that you have a life full of happiness and peace as much as possible. Life is never going to be 100% peaceful or happy. That's just life, right? We hope at the end of life there is something else, right, for those of us that believe um, because life is really sucky. (laughs) Life is really... It it has just horrible moments and we just have to deal with it in horrible circumstances. And we just, you know, that's what being an adult is is all about, right? We all wanted to be adults when we were kids because we didn't get it. And then you get to be an adult and you're like, I just want to be five again. Um, I saw a TikTok that was, it was so funny, but it, it, it really showed what, it's like to adult and and she says 
I'm done adulting. I'm done adulting. I'm a burrito. And she has this giant blanket and she rolls around in it and she she's in the bed and she's a burrito. <laughs> she's not a person anymore. She's a burrito. And and I was like, I want to do that. You know, I, I want to not be human for a little while because being human is hard, right? It's just, it's our condition and nobody's life is perfect or even great. You know, stop looking at social media, please. Not mine. <laughs> Just stop looking at your friends, quote unquote, because to to compare yourself, because what you see in social media is not the truth. That's not those that people put the best possible picture. Even I do it. It's terrible to say I'm 47. I take 30 pictures to pick the best one to put on Facebook. Okay? I've fallen into the damn trap. I hate it that, that that's how it is now. But we can't go on that. We, we cannot judge people's lives on a few pictures. Because the truth of the matter is that's all it is. And I'm glad that there's a lot of exposure to that now. But anyway, back to where I was. So... Keeping in mind what I said earlier, if the person is toxic to you, then they don't belong in your life or you have to put up your own boundaries, whatever that is. Um, I'll do another podcast which goes into boundaries and, and whether no contact is right for you or not. That's not something that I can tell you to do. I'm not a therapist. A therapist wouldn't tell you to do that. You have to look into your situation, into your heart, and say, can I do this? Should I do this? You have to live with yourself. I don't have to live with your feelings. You do. Okay? No contact was the only option for me when I went no contact. I didn't even know it was called no contact. I just knew I wasn't going to talk to my mother anymore. Right? But it was because she did something that was so horrific that I didn't have a choice. I couldn't stay talking to my mother after what she did. So I can't tell you, right? You have to give yourself permission, right? I'm giving you permission to take toxicity out of your life if you need to do that. I think everyone should start the year off, look at their friends list on Facebook and go, no, 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 no. And just get rid of those people that are toxic. You do that on Facebook. You do that in real life, too. We have to do that in real life. Okay. So I'm going to go back to the traits. Okay. But remember Toxic is toxic. It doesn't matter what I'm saying right now. This is just to make you feel better <laughs> because you guys want to know. So a narcissist lacks empathy. That is the number one thing. Because a person that cannot empathize, a person that cannot put themselves in someone else's shoes has no Boundaries, no stopping point at how much damage they can do because they don't feel guilty. They don't feel bad. 
Okay, they believe everything they do is correct and right. They'll never admit wrongdoing. Okay, now in that is is the enabler a narcissist? Well, is does the enabler have empathy? Have you seen the enabler cry and cry for a good reason? Okay, I'm going to give you my example. My mother's mother, so my grandmother on my mother's side, who I believe to be the head of the narcissists, um, she passed away when I was 18. And I remember, and I've said this on my podcast before, I remember my mother's friends uh, coming over and it felt like a party. It did not feel like, because my grandmother was in Cuba when she died and we were in New York. So it was my mother's friends from Cuba that came over. You know, fr- they're friends from her from Cuba, but they lived in New York. Um, They came over and it felt like a party. I mean, we were laughing and making jokes. I, d- I didn't know my grandmother. I met her once when I was six. So I-, I didn't grieve. I didn't feel bad because I didn't know her. Um, but my mother should have felt bad. My mother should have cried. I didn't see my mother cry, feel bad about that. Now, when I was seven, my grandfather on my father's side died. And it was a similar situation. Now, I was seven, and I remember it very clearly. People were visiting, right? Same thing. My grandfather died in Cuba. So people who lived in New York were visiting us. And my dad, at one point, just locked himself in the bathroom. There is the difference right there for me that my mother is for sure the narcissist and my dad is for sure the enabler because he does he does have empathy he does feel he just made every decision that he's ever made in his life has been the wrong one <laughs> what can i say and then i have to laugh Okay, so he his decisions were all wrong. My dad is very disordered. I'm not saying he's not, but he's not a narcissist. He's just messed up. Someone messed him up real good. I don't know if that's my grandmother or my mother on my on my dad's side. I don't know anything about her except that she lived a long life and that she was very sharp mentally, I mean. Um so you you have to look at those traits, you know. Who feels like when you go out with the parents, who is the one that feels entitled or is snarky to other people because they're too close to them physically? That is a trait. And I'm talking about things that are not listed as narcissistic traits, but they are, okay? Like they're at the supermarket and someone walks by them too close and they get all upset who did that when you were a kid your mom or your dad right was it your mom or your dad um because narcissists don't don't like people to be near them and they're just ugh. they they don't remember uh, underneath the narcissism is hatred for themselves so that's what spews out and what they're doing is trying to cover up those feelings by hurting other people, you know. And they, they're they very good at it. They're very good at hurting other people. 
Do you remember a situation where um, there was a decision that needed to be made about going somewhere? Ultimately, whose choice was what happened, right? I can tell you that my mother made almost every choice, okay? And it was very clear that she was the one. As a matter of fact, my dad just used to step back and say, what do you want to do? Let's just do that, you know? Um, My parents bought a trailer. Um, I lived in New York City, but they bought a trailer to use in upstate New York. Really, and, and what my mother said to me was to keep me out of the streets, but I wasn't in the streets. You know, it's one of those things. She just wanted to control me. Um, and so that trailer signified to me basically jail, prison. I was in prison for no reason because I wasn't doing anything wrong. My dad never liked the trailer, but he didn't say no. You have to think about those things, right? To, to really, really see who is in control. Just because the enabler goes along with it doesn't mean they're the ones that had the idea to do it in the first place. Those, you, you have to look at that if you're interested in really knowing who is the narcissist. You have to really, really, really look deep and say, okay, so whose idea was it to do this? You know, your enabling parent may very well have insulted you, have gone along with what the narcissist said. But whose idea was it to do things or to who gave, who broke the bad news to you when you couldn't go to that ballet class anymore or to the hockey practice anymore? Who broke the news to you? And some of you probably your your jaws have dropped to the floor because narcissists don't like it when their children do stuff they like. Okay? So it might not have been specifically ballet or hockey. It may have been baseball and gymnastics. It doesn't matter. Okay? Who who was the one who took you out of activities? Right? And a lot of times, I mean, I know this is difficult because a lot of times these activities or these decisions were made by the narcissist, but the narcissist blamed the enabler. That happened to me too many times where my mother was like, it's your father. He doesn't want to do this. I found out a few months, uh, oh no, about a year ago, that there was a rumor going around And I couldn't believe that it had never occurred to me. There was a rumor going around, the the extended family, like not the people I really talked to, that my mother was, um, that she wasn't leaving the house, that she was agoraphobic. And first of all, who started it? And second of all, it's, yeah, totally. My mother, every, my, my husband and I would go to dinner or have, a birthday party or whatever and invite them and they would never go. And my mother blamed my father, but it was actually her who didn't want to go. So those are the things that you just have to look a little bit deeper to see who is the one behind it all. And that's the narcissist and the enabler. Yeah. 
Absolutely, they did everything. Um, no excuses. But I wanted you guys to see the difference between the enabler and the narcissist. Right? I wanted you guys to see the difference. Okay, I'm going to end it there. And I hope that this was helpful. I hope this cleared up some things. Um, I'm not a licensed therapist, guys. So I'm nervous about talking to you. I'm willing to talk to you on a personal level. But I'm nervous about giving advice. Because I'm not in your shoes. Because I'm not the one feeling your feelings. Because I'm not a licensed therapist. I am a person who's just learned a hell of a lot about narcissism in the last five years. And here I am, right? And I know that it's a long process. And I'm still learning things. Every day I might get, you know, not every day, but, you know, I get insights from you guys. I get insights from life. So it's an ongoing process. But I love you all. And I hope that you're living the best life you can. And remember, you are allowed to take toxic people out of your life. Okay? So I love you. And until next time.